Thank you for listening to the Words and Nerds podcast. I'm your host, Danny B. From all of us in the writing community, we just think you're amazing because you put your heart and soul into everything you talk about on this amazing show. The podcast has over 50,000 listeners every month. I love coming on your show and I love talking about it. Oh my God, I finally get to speak about it. Talk about all the things that I've been with by myself for so long. I mean, you provide that opportunity to so many of us and, you know, always are an amazing host. We chat about books, the writing process, and how literature has the power to change the world. But most of all, we have real conversations and we have a laugh. I'm feeling sick. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for being here and sharing the journey. Welcome to another episode of Words and Nerds podcast, where we bring literary goodness straight to your ears. Today, I have three very special guests, and we're going to talk about all sorts of things, books and friendship and book community and anything else that comes out. First uh, person I'd like to introduce is Sue Whiting, whose latest titles include Tilda, which is very fresh, The Echidna Near My Place, and Pearly Pig and the Great Hairy Beast. Welcome, Sue. Hi, Danny. It's lovely to see you again. It's nice to be here again. (laughs) And Claire Saxby, whose latest titles include Tasmanian Devil, The Wearing of the Green and Whisper in the Wind. Welcome, Claire. First time podcast for Words and Nerds for you. Thanks, Danny. It's lovely to be here. (laughs) And as well, we have Sally Murphy, whose latest titles include Teaching Poetry for Pleasure and Purpose, Worst Things and Bushfire. And it's also the first time for you being on the podcast as well. It is. It's the first, my first time being on any podcast. Oh, that's really special. Be gentle. <laughs> <laughs> we just have fun. We forget we're recording by the second question and I often get phone calls the next day saying, could you please not put that on air because I got a bit too comfortable. So <laughs> we'll see where we go and what happens with this interview. So what I'm really interested in, I mean, we're all authors and we'll get to books, of course, but we'll kind of go down this little path about, you know, you're all friends, you have this great history of friends and supporting each other in what is often a tough industry so sue can i start with you take us back to the beginning how did this begin (laughs) sit back everyone sit back get a tea (laughs) okay so well it started way way back in or 20 years ago so 2002 it must have been wow and all three of us didn't know each other went to the children's book council conference in perth and so we were all probably about the same stage in our careers. We'd had maybe a couple of education books um, published. Uh, we were all really keen to crack the trade market. And um, so we were all looking for the same things. And we just met by, by accident, kind of, maybe. Um, I was working for a small publisher at the time, so I was... I was at a stall, you know, manning the stall, and Claire and Sally, I can't remember exactly how it happened, but they they were appeared. <laughs> we started chatting and um, we just connected. And um, that particular, that was just one day, actually, that Sally was just there that one day. She wasn't there for the whole conference. She'll probably elaborate a bit on that in a minute. And um, after that, we kept in contact via email and some email groups. And, and it was the next conference at uh, Hobart where we met again and and that was the time when I think we really cemented our friendship and um, and we had some very funny nights that particular <laughs> conference. Mm, uh, now, now you've already, got my We're interest. already supporting each other because I was having 
few meltdowns about a couple of things and, and we were just working out how we're going to take over the world of children's literature and all these kinds of things but we we certainly connected there and since then we have attended every single children's book council conference bar one since it's our little thing that we always do and way back in the beginning we knew no one and things have changed for us now so mm. um that's how we met but I think what's how we've evolved over that time has been so important to all three of us. I can say that with confidence. <laughs> I love that. And I also love how 20 years down the track, you have taken over the children's literary world. So goal <laughs> achieved. <laughs> goal achieved. That bottle of red went down well. Unlocked. <laughs> now, Sally, is this your memory of it? And what was it? What was the spark that drew you together? Because I'm a big believer not only in soulmates in terms of a, you know, a romantic friendship, I believe in soulmates of friends as well. There we go. Sorry about that. Right. Um, yeah, that's pretty much accurate. I suspect that Claire and I um, both made a beeline for that bookstall because it was a brand new publisher. We knew they were looking for manuscripts. So there was some, um, it wasn't 100% random that we were there. What publisher was, was it? Uh, it was called oh. Banana Books. Okay. And it was, it was a brand new publisher. And um, I was just trying to get started and, and as Sue said, I'd had some educational titles published. I had vowed at the start of that year that that was the year that I was going to get a trade book accepted and um, and I did. So that was, you know, I, you just make a vow and it just happens. Um, and that. But part of that was that I decided I needed to, um, to, to find how to meet you know, meet other people and know the industry. And I lived in a little tiny town in Western Australia with 40 people. And the CBCA conference just happened to be coming up. And I looked at the cost and I kind of went, I'm not sure I can afford this, but I'm going anyway. So that, <laughs> that was either one day. I just couldn't justify it to myself. And I, I turned up there and, and like a lot of writers, I thought I might go there and I might meet the right people and maybe someone might magically say, hey, can I publish your manuscript? And, you know, that kind of fairy tale thing. I didn't understand what a yeah, such a significant event it would be because the first two people I met that day were these two and the journey we've been on together, um, you know, yeah, we have met the right people now. <laughs> the main right people for me yeah. was actually that first meeting. I love that. And what's happened to Banana Books now? Oh, it's long gone. What happened? To <laughs> I, I don't even like people to mention it. Thanks, Sally. <laughs> I just, I just like saying it. Banana books. I'm really yeah. enjoying saying that. <laughs> yes, it's it's one of a, a blot on my uh, my CV. <laughs> I'm sure. Jim Duff passed. I'm sure. Twenty years ago, it was fabulous. Well, it was very, it was very new, um, and what it did do for me was actually it gave me experience that led to my job at Walker Books. So I yeah. shouldn't really knock it because. Um, it did give yeah. me amazing experience. It went under twice in two years, so it was very <laughs> successful. <laughs> but I think all of those little experiences that don't mean anything at the time, you know, you look back and they're like, oh, that led me to this and that led me oh, to yeah. this, you know. I even see that with the podcast, you know, these little ideas you have. It's like, oh, that led me to these paths. It's like the world has this greater plan for you and you just don't know it yet. Yeah. <laughs> Claire, was that your memory? Have similar memories, different very similar. I was also only there for one day and it was my first ever conference and I had sort of combined it with going to see family in WA and so I couldn't 
justify being there for the second day as well. Um, and, yeah, as Sally said, we pretty much sort of started sulking Sue straight up. <laughs> That's what I do too when I see Sue at a literary festival. Start well, we discovered it wasn't worthwhile. but you know. <laughs> Until Hobart. <laughs> Until Hobart. But my memory of the, the we, it was like we made a pact. It was like the three musketeers. We, we'd met. We didn't really know each other all that well. But then for, for a number of different reasons, the Tasmanian conference came forward six months. So normally it's every two years and it came forward and it was going to be 18 months because it was combined with another festival in, in Hobart. And so we made a pact at, at that one to go to the next one, mm-hmm. um, to go to Tasmania. And, yes, when we got to Tasmania, it, it's, you know, the, um, the musketeers became... I don't know, thin in concrete, um, <laughs> if you like, or some, certainly glued much more strongly. Mm. Um, we had a we had a dinner where um, we we sort of talked about our our lives and um, connected really really strongly. And then Sue tried to lead us off to um, a, you know I don't know where she, I, I do know where she was sending us. She was sending us across. <laughs> this is interesting. In a taxi. Yes. And the taxi thought we were hilarious. Hilarious. So what, what I'm guessing, what I'm, what I'm getting from this, Sue is actually the bad, you know how every group has a bad influence? Yeah. No, I think that's what Sue? equally bad. I was just the one that said something really silly. <laughs> oh, dear. I think, I think we've all had our moments. Oh, so good. Yeah. So coming. Yeah. 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 yours. You had the first moment, Sue. It was it. a memorable moment. The thing is, Danny, we tell this story all the time to each other. <laughs> we never nice try to, to tell the whole story. Um, you know, this is a very abridged version to anyone else. Their eyes glaze over and they're thinking, <laughs> like, what's so funny about that? But we think it's hilarious. Yeah, it's those in jokes that build. It's in jokes that build relationships, though. But there mm-hmm. are two really cool things that I really liked. What you said, Sally. One of them was that when you say it aloud, you know, this is my year. It's kind of like. It works. And you read all those hippie dippy books that say yeah. you have to just say it and it comes true. But I think if you, you do kind of commit to it, then you, you kind of make it happen. Do you think that's what happened with you? I, look, I do. Like I'd been sort of, you know, trying to, to get published and trying to write. And um, the significant thing about that year was that we did move to this tiny little town with literally 40 people um, and Eight of them were, were my the same, Most of them were your family. Yeah. Eight of them were Murphys. And um, and you know, my husband had a job and the kids were at school. And I looked around and I was like, well, what am I going to do? And it was like, well, I know what I do. You know, I'm trying, I'm trying to be a writer. And so I, you know, it it was maybe not as strategic as it sounds in terms of I'm going to do this, then this, then this. But I dedicated time every yep. day. And I and the thing I threw myself into was understanding how publishing works. So yeah. that was, you know, conferences. Um, in those days, it wasn't so much the internet that was useful because we're old, um, but it was something called the Australian Writers Marketplace, um, which was the Bible. And, you know, you could look up every publisher in Australia and what they published mm-hmm. and, you know, um, send off a stamp to dress envelope for their writer's guidelines. <laughs> So there was a there was a great effort that went in that year, but I also think you know luck and timing does help, 
And also then when those little opportunities open up, you take them. If you have it in mind, the only thing I'm going to do is I'm going to write, um, you know, this series of 10 fantasy novels and it's going to be published by X, Y or Z and it's going to be marketed in this way and then the film rights are going to be sold. <laughs> that doesn't happen. You know, that, that might happen. But then if, you know, if it becomes a series of six and you go, well, I didn't succeed, you know, that's, yeah, that's mm. the problem. So you must have goals and you must also be prepared to pivot. Yeah, and it's kind of like in this industry, everything's a win, right? Like anything and everything yeah. is a win. Definitely. <laughs> now, the other thing I liked what you said, Claire, was that you made a pact. And I love that because it's not only like a friendship pact, but it was a career pact as well to do this together, to forge forward as friends, but to do this thing that you all just really loved. Yes. Yeah, and it... it Again, it was kind of nebulous, and as um, Sally says, you don't um, you look forward and you sort of roughly outline a plan, but it you hope that things happen. And but as you say, if you put it out to the universe, um, somehow puts your headspace mm. in the right space to you know to be open to opportunities. Yeah, and I, I think, think so too. we were in Tasmania. Mm, um, I love that. Yeah, very open to it. Now, I hear all the time that you should be part of critique groups, you know, to look at your work and find the plot holes and get really honest, great feedback from people who are your writers themselves and, and who, you know, have the same passions and, and sort of understanding of what your manuscript is trying to be. So is that what your group has been as well? Have you often looked at each other's work and critiqued no. it or just <laughs> separated that? That's interesting. Not a lot. I mean, we have a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. It's been a little bit tricky because I have been an editor at a publishing house. So yep. these two might have done more with each other um, without me, you know, knowing. Behind your back. Fine. It is fine. Oh, um, there's a rift here. No, just joking. Yeah, no. <laughs> when you're working for a publisher, you know, you need to remove yourself a little yeah. bit. So I kept out of that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, there have been times when, you know, I've got um, both Sally and Claire to read parts or some of my work because I need some um, honest feedback, and I know I've done the same for them on occasions. But for me, it's, we haven't really been a critique group. We've been just great friends and supporters, and um, and I think that's that's been probably more valuable than a mm. you know being a critiquer. And how's um, that help specifically, like build your careers in writing? It's sort of really hard to say. I, I think it's um it uh, I suppose in it's the fact that we've got. I've got, I know I've got two people that I can depend on and that we can share, you know, like it's, it's a really hard industry and you, you're bearing your soul, you're putting yourself out there. Um, but you know, you've got these two people who will tell who are real, very real <laughs> and they'll straighten you out in you know, very nice ways. Well, together we had like a tricky, we helped each other navigate through those tricky Yep. Yeah. parts and and to be that support and to be the person that you know you really trust and can give you honest mm. um, opinions and to just just to understand yeah and I think um, that's and key right because when yeah. when you tell your friends you've got 
a book contract or a publishing deal, they think, oh, you are going to definitely be the next Matthew Riley. Your <laughs> life is set. Quit your job. You're going to be sweet. But really, I mean, I don't know if it's different for you, but you kind of never know where your next book deal is coming from. I mean, you've got a lot more experience in the industry. So you probably have some hope that it's coming, but it's always this kind of elusive thing, you know. So does that help having that kind of honesty and propping each other up when there have been rejections or it has been really difficult or you don't know when your next book deal is coming. Sally, what do you reckon? Yeah, look, I think that's that's right. And um, when you said, you know, what is it about it that's made us, that this friendship that's made us successful? And I do think having that, you know, that people who actually get it, who get are it. on. Yeah. And look, we've been on the, not exactly the same trajectory, but we've been on a trajectory together. And so I don't think, uh, I think people sort of sometimes think writers will be jealous or, you know, mm. trying to compete. And I don't think we, I honestly don't think we try to compete with each other. Mm. I really believe that, you know, whenever one of those two has a new book or, I don't know, maybe wins Picture Book of the Year or, oh, sorry, <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Oh, who you know, would that be in the room? Hmm. Yeah, who would that That'd be? be Claire. You know, <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's honestly as if we're getting that ourselves. Yeah. You know, it really feels like a win for, for all of yeah. us. And, you know, and it also sort of helps you think, Actually, yes, that can happen. Mm. You know, like it is a real thing. It happens to real people and it couldn't happen to a nicer person. (laughs) But I think you're right. Yeah, because it's so hard. Everything's so hard about this industry, you know, and I feel like there's a hurdle every time. So you get your publishing deal like, yes, okay, then there's the next hurdle of you've got to edit it and go through that process. And then there's a next hurdle of illustrators and your final edits and all that stuff. And then you've got to try and help sell the thing, you know, like it's this never-ending hurdles where you can never sort of relax. And then you're like, oh, where's my next publishing deal? And I, I really think that because everything is so hard that you don't have jealousy, you just want to shout from the rooftops when anyone in the industry has any success because she's like oh my god I know how hard that was <laughs> yeah <exactly. laughs> Claire has that been the same experience for you it, I, I feel like it's a bit like a set of stairs um and every time you climb up a, a vertical um and and whatever that is um in terms of a particular book project or a new publisher or something and you get onto this place that you think is is just going to be the, the peak and then you realize that there's another vertical right in front of you. <laughs> yes. and when you get onto that one then there's another vertical and I never-ending rock climbing wall <laughs> yes yes and every time you think you've reached um you think you're just going to be able to sort of relax and everything for a while it, you realize that it, it just doesn't work like that you just um try harder for the next thing and it's one of the things about the three of us is that because it's sort of you know some we climb the stairs at different rates and so you can you've got somebody to ask um I don't know, to share the journey of what comes next as well as to um, enjoy that particular platform. And, it, you know, it just makes every step literally so much more enjoyable when you've got um, people to enjoy it with and not people who say, oh, right, well, you're buying dinner. 
You've got a book. You've got a book contract. You're buying dinner, whereas we just say, "No, you're buying dinner. <laughs> you're buying your own dinner." Because I'm. Oh yeah, you're buying your own dinner. Yeah. Pass the wine. Yeah. And I think um, it takes a lot of resilience and tenacity to stay in this industry, which all three of you have. Well, I think that. We... <laughs> what are you laughing at, Sally? I'm I'm laughing because. Um, periodically these two have listened to me usually after a bottle of wine say that's it not doing this anymore you know and now they just they used to go well you know if that's how you feel and now they just go yeah whatever they actually <laughs> know that I can't actually give up um but you know it's they you know and, I, and I'm sure maybe they'll say that I've done the same for them you know there's times when you just go oh, of course you know oh this is just too hard yeah. and you know why are we doing this and and the fact that you have some friends who you can say that to and they don't just go oh, you poor thing, everyone's been mean to you, just go and lie down and have a cup of tea, you know. They, so they listen, mm. but they don't make it easy. They don't just go, oh, you know, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, she's venting again, have another glass. Oh, so we're not all alcoholics, by the way. Have a glass <laughs> of uh, hot chocolate. Have some more hot chocolate and a nice marshmallow. I just remembered we're children's book authors. No one was involved ever. I love that so much. Now, I want to know, you know, you've got careers spanning at least 20 years. I want to know the greatest challenge of the industry 20 years ago compared to now. Sue, can I start with you? Mm. Um, well, I suppose it's it's hard to assess things have changed the way when Sally was mm. saying how we used to submit things. I went, oh, that's right. I remember those days. <laughs> Sam addressed, uh, self-addressed envelope. Um, so obviously technology changed, markets changed, lots of things have changed. I, but I think it's hard to assess because we've changed. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we were very new, very raw, very beginning. And I think um, one of the things that has been lovely through the whole time as things have changed, we've grown and evolved and, and, um, and so we're different to then. Mm. So it, we were trying to get into the market um, now. I think it would be just as hard now as it was when we started out. I think it's different, but mm. I think the same challenges exist. And I think the same thing, um, I think they actually publish a lot more books now than they did when we mm. started out. Mm. I think at the moment there's, you know, there's a lot of books being published and a lot of new people being published, which is great. Um, but I think that the thing that gets you over the line now and the thing that gets you over the line way back, you know, 20 years ago was writing, the, you know, a really good story yeah. that a publisher could publish and that hasn't changed. Yeah, which and, is great. I'm so glad yeah. that hasn't changed. <laughs> now, Sally, you could have written anything, romance novels, crime fiction, literary fiction. Why children's literature? Because I love that. <laughs> look, I had a moment today I went into a bookshop just before the funeral I was going to, went into a bookshop to check it out and I went down to the children's section and I stood there and looked around and I ended up, of course, buying a book. Course. And when I got to the counter, she said, would you like it gift-wrapped? And I was really taken aback. I was like, what makes you think this is a gift? And then I thought, oh, because a middle-aged lady buying a child's book, you know, it's for someone else. And so I actually said, oh, this is not a gift. I'm going to read this book. And we had this lovely conversation then about, you know, the joy of reading children's books and why mm. I read them and all of those things. And, like, you know, I decided I want to, wanted to be a writer when I was a child um, and that never changed and it was always children's books. 
Um, and I still, like, I, you know, they're the best books. And I mm. honestly believe that, um, you know, children need good quality books in their hands, but also that children's books are the hardest to write because yeah, absolutely. with fewer words, mm. we've got to get across so much. And, you know, it's actually very easy to write a bad children's book, <laughs> um, but it's, you know, it's difficult to write a quality one. So I think I do it because it's a challenge. I love that. <laughs> and you're right, I see um, kids' books, you know, particular picture books, I see them as more than books. They're memories. They're, you know, they're, they're captures of time, you know, they're those time capsules where mm. you've sat in bed with your child reading to them or your grandchildren and they, whenever you pick up the book, you're reminded of those times. And I, I don't think other books, you know, can do that as powerfully. No, no. And it, it's that, you know, I don't, there's very few adults that don't have a favourite children's yeah, book. Yeah, exactly. Ask them what it was. When they tell you, they'll often hug themselves as yes. they talk about oh, it. this book. Yeah. You know, they'll smile. And yes. sometimes they don't even really remember what it was about. Yeah. What they remember is the, is how it made them feel. Exactly. And nostalgia and, is so powerful. I mean, we were talking before about the 80s and not letting go of the 80s because it's just those times of childhood where, you know, there was so much hope and you were young and the world was a bit brighter and, you know, you can yeah. never, never replace that day. And, you know, you probably put a bit of a shine over them. They probably weren't that good. But, you know, no. in your mind, you know, the 80s will be forever, though, the golden yeah. years for me. Yeah. <laughs> Now, Claire, advice for writers who are new to the industry, what advice would you have for them? Uh, I, well, I think there's, there's some fairly obvious stuff, which is read, 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 and write, write, write. They, you know, they're, they're fairly obvious things. But I, I would refine those and, and say look at look at the sort of works that you're trying to produce but that have been produced in the last few years. Um, mm-hmm. while the nostalgia for the char- the books of your childhood is a really strong thing and a really powerful thing, I'm not sure that um, it's necessarily going to help you write as an adult because if you, styles change, you know, what the mark, what you, who you are and what you produce is, is changing as well. And if you, if you look back at what you did as a child, you're not, that child anymore yeah you're um you know you're a different person and you need to look at what is happening now but you also need to know the market and the way children are now and the way schools are now and the way families are now and I mean you look back at some of the books that were written in our childhood and they're they can be quite cringeworthy in their obtuseness and their uh their disregard for anybody except um you know very nuclear white families and thank goodness that's changed and if you're going to it's not to say that everybody has to write really complex families but you need to be aware that the world is now and if you're going to appeal to children of now then you need to work in that world. Absolutely. And how good is it as a kid and to see yourself, you know, to see yourself reflected back. And, you know, when I was a kid, I come from, you know, a mixed cultural background. I didn't see a lot of myself in these books. So I'm so glad with, you know, like you were saying, diversity, et cetera. You know, there's nothing worse, I think, than not being able to find yourself in those pages. Yes. And, yes. The other thing, you know, obviously is really important is um, that you're not trying to educate a child. You're not trying to 
tell them the way they must think and and mm. who they must think about and how they should do it and and um embedding any sort of moral in a story is a um is a fast track to nowhere really uh yes there are people who are looking for those sort of books and there are people who are wanting to write those but i think that they they will just put you in a really narrow space in the market and if you're wanting to have longevity and if you're wanting to have people look for your next book then don't tell them what they must get from your work because they you can't control it Mm, that's music to my ears I love that I love that and kids are smart you know like if you just fill a book with joy and quirk and humor and if you happen to have a message somewhere embedded deeply in that they get it like kids are so smart I didn't realize how smart kids were until I had my own I'm like how do you know that (laughs) wow you're really smart seven-year-old so yeah they get it they'll get it I love that I love all of that advice I think that's really important now the question I ask all my guests and it's a tricky question but you should know it if you've listened to an episode or two and surely you've listened to Sue's. Um, so I'm going to ask you first, why do you write? Why do I write? Yes. That's, um, sometimes I ask myself that question. <laughs> um, and, like, it's interesting. We're in the middle of doing, you know, weeks and weeks of school visits with Book Week and Book Month and so forth, and that question comes up, you know, a lot. You know, why are you a writer? Mm. And it's kind of a hard question to answer, and it shouldn't be really because it's what I choose, you know, to do. But I, th- I think there's two things. I think I, I think we're all storytellers, and so I think we all love to tell a story. Yeah. And I think there's something within um, me and and all of you guys as well, I suppose, that compels you to write. Mm-hmm. And if once I get an idea, if I can't get that idea down, it's sort of it you know, I get agitated. (laughs) So I'm actually a much happier person when I am, you know, in the throes in the middle of a book, not necessarily when I'm starting one, because, you know, I'm not sure where it's going and not necessarily when one's coming out this week, like this week, you know. Um, But when I'm actually writing this, there is great joy in it, even when it's hard. And um, it's a challenge. I think as Sally was saying about the challenge of it all, and it's a puzzle, you know, when you can puzzle out all those pieces and put them together and go, I created this, there is great satisfaction in that. Mm-hmm. And I think um, that saying often for me is I don't necessarily enjoy writing, I enjoy having having written. And I think I've quoted that exactly right, but that sentiment often works. Yeah, I've heard me. that before, I like that. But I really like the idea of I always see it as a puzzle too and sometimes you think it's a puzzle you can never solve and then when you do end up solving it in some way, I mean, there's no greater achievement to, you know, thinking you've unravelled the unravelable. <laughs> Sally, why do you write? Um, I write because I have to, and I'm, I'm a much nicer person. When <laughs> oh, well, I'm lucky. Um, you know, when I'm in the, again in the middle of a story, um, I think also storying makes us all humans. Mm. Human, sorry, and it's part of it's an innate human thing to tell stories. And some of us write them down, and some of us, you know, tell them to our next door neighbour, and some of us tell them at dinner. But um, we make sense of the world through the stories we hear, but also the stories that we tell. And I know um, often when I'm writing, I'm not, I'm very much never trying to teach, as Claire said, I'm not about teaching lessons, but I often come to great understanding about how people work mm-hmm. when I write. And um, I sometimes people say, oh, you know, your stories are so lovely. You must be such a lovely person. And I'm not sure that, you know, I feel like that's some, some in a way, almost some false advertising <laughs> for, me to, you know, 
because I'm not that nice. No, I'm a horrible person. My books are just nice. (laughs) Yeah, my books are nice. And yet I think that that that, um, there is part of me in there. It's like that's how I want to be. That's how I want, you know, humanity to be, you know, to understand each other and to have empathy and sympathy and understanding of, you know, humanity and all its you know, different mm, facets. I love that. And, you know, so I'm trying to make sense of the world in short. Mm, aren't we all? Aren't we all? Claire, what about you? Why do you write? I, I think what Sally just said then about trying to make sense of the world is a big part of why I write. Um, I And, again, like Sue, I at the end of a what's been five or six weeks of pretty much solid school visits and no writing, mm. I get very antsy. Um and all the things that are spinning around in my head are sort of fighting to get out, but I have to push them away while there are competing demands for, you know, it's part of the life of a writer to be to be sharing it in classrooms and it's a privilege yeah. to be able to do that. But I really like, I'm curious and I want to explore that curiosity and I want to plant curiosity in my stories so that I'm not answering questions for kids I'm asking presenting them and, mm-hmm. and getting them to ask those questions. Um, I yeah, The puzzle thing works for me as well. I try and work it out. Definitely times when I find writing incredibly difficult um, and uh, will come out and say this is never going to happen, I'm never going to be able to do it, but the, the sense of achievement when I do push through, and I guess that's one of the things that experience has brought is that you know that you will be able to push through and that you will find something at the end or you'll understand that you have to let something go. And either way, you know that there will be an outcome uh, in a way that you probably didn't when uh, I probably didn't when I first started writing. And that's a wonderful thing to be able to do. Um, But there seems to be no end of stories that are sitting there waiting for you to go so that even if you let one go, there's another, one. <laughs> another one's coming and it's progress isn't it even learning yes. to know yes. you know admitting that story is not working or a part of it's not working or deleting a bunch of words it, it's it's progress and still pushing you forward even though it doesn't feel like it yes mm. so I suppose that's how um the three of us have you know helped each other going back to one of the earlier questions is that is you've got someone to step in sometimes and say you know to give you that little bit of a um tip that maybe this time to let something go or not to worry about that or to focus on this mm. I just had a memory as you're talking then Claire one time when I was um, working on some rhyming text for a picture book and you must have run for some reason and you said what are you doing and I I, I think I sort of started to swear <laughs> <laughs> and say I don't I'm only on this you know for all day one sentence one sentence you think I could get one sentence and I remember very distinctly Claire saying, step away from the computer. <laughs> Repeat, step away from the computer. <laughs> Before it goes out the window. <laughs> and she was right. I needed to step away from the computer. And I think that's the kind of thing that, you know, we've been able to do for each other. Mm, over yeah, the I love that. And you really get it too. You really, people, because I don't think, you know, anyone else in the industry outside of the industry really gets, you know, gets it. And, and rejection is a big part of, you know, what authors do as well. And, you know, it must be horrible for people on the outside going, oh, you got a manuscript rejected. It's like, well, that's <laughs> kind of part and parcel with what we do. <laughs> One of the things that has happened to, 
each of us at least once is a book that we thought was going to be published and hasn't been uh-huh. published. That's so heartbreaking moment, isn't it? Mm. Or yeah. a book not having a, dist- a publisher not having a distributor, mm. um, you know, different reasons that projects that we thought were going to be published haven't been published yeah. or that have been rejected. You know, the same book has been rejected multiple times and, you know, and sometimes it's it's um, you know it's ended up down the track being a better story and you mm. know in term, a better story in terms of getting published as well as a better story itself. But um, I think part of the the value, the fact that we all know each other and we can have the rant and all of those things, but we also know, hey, yeah, that's just like what happened, you know, this other time, yeah. And, yeah. Um, and and it I was okay, and we got through it. Okay, you know, there's a future, um, and yeah, yeah, absolutely. And a lot of people write one manuscript and then wait for that to get published. And then they think, well, you know, now I've begun. Um, but if they haven't started working on the next manuscript and the next one mm. and all of those things, and it's that, you know, um, understanding how the industry works and that tenacity that kind of um, we've, we've learnt from each other or alongside each other. Yeah, and I've heard that a lot about, you know, it's not just about writing and understand writing, but it's about understanding the publishing industry and how it's continually evolving and keeping on top of that. That's really key as well. I think that's one of the uh, really powerful things about the friendship too is we've all gone in quite different directions. Um, uh, Sue, as she mentioned, um, spent a long time working for a, a traditional publisher. Sally you know, has taken a different path, an academic path, and I've taken a different, I'm I'm at the other end of that chain, the the writing chain, and I work part-time in a bookshop. Mm -hmm. And so between us, we have a really broad platform of understanding how the industry works. And I think that's a really helpful thing too, to, to know that it's not necessarily personal and it, you know, there are there are gatekeepers at every stage and Mm. understanding some of that helps you work within this industry. Mm. And that is really broad knowledge. I love that right from the editing and the, you know, publishing side, right to the book selling, which is really important. We've got it covered. You've got it covered. covered. I'm in a room with knowledgeable people. I'm just soaking in it. So great. (laughs) But uh, I do want to thank you for your time. I mean, it has been a really inspiring chat, particularly, you know, the three of you who have got more than, you know, 60 years experience in the industry together. (laughs) It's amazing. It is. It's amazing. And it's really inspiring to hear your different stories and journeys. And, and not only that, but the kind of, you know, the friendship soulmates that you've remained over the, the 20 years. And that's, you know, obviously got much more to do with the industry, but it helps as well to have friends who are doing the same thing as you, because I don't know why, but your friends who aren't in the industry, they get bored about talking about writing. I don't understand it, but yeah, it happens, right? <laughs> But I really appreciate the honesty and the generosity of, um, you know, your worldly advice and, um, you know, all the journeys that you've had and the journeys still yet to come and the million books that you will publish between the three of you between now and next time we chat. Uh Thank you so much, Danny. Thanks, Danny.